Hi everyone, I'm Kevin Miller and welcome to The Ziggler Show. In this episode, how did you improve your self-image? It's just a fact that we perform to the level of our belief in ourselves. How to increase that belief is the foundational effort. I mean, it's the holy grail of the entire personal development and self-help industry. Well, I've got a two-minute message from Zig Ziglar on the reality of this perspective. Then I asked the Ziglar audience for their testimonies with this post. I, I said, I'm looking for people who have experienced a significant improvement in their self-image. I want to know what the catalyst was for you. And what you're going to hear are firsthand testimonials of where people were what they did and how it impacted their self-image. Tom Ziegler joined me to talk to the responses and we read through a lot of them. And sometimes hearing true stories like this of how people actually did it is far more empowering than hearing counsel and guidance from other people on here's how to do it. So I'm going to queue up a two minute message from Zig Ziegler and then Tom and I'll get into the comments right after I share some great products and services with you. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A lot of people, ladies and gentlemen, uh, who fail not because they don't have the ability but because they don't recognize that ability and make the effort to be the success they're capable of being. Again, Dr. Joyce Brothers uh, has this to say. She says that the picture you have of yourself, your image determines the job you seek or profession, the person you marry, the habits you acquire, the way you look and dress, and it influences your very moral conduct. She says you cannot consistently perform in a manner which is inconsistent with the way you see yourself. There are a lot of people who see themselves as $20,000 a year earners or $30,000 a year earners or whatever, and when they get there, they can't see beyond that. In golf, we've seen it happen so many times, 
a 20 handicapper, that means he's shooting uh, in the low 90s or in the 90s, gets out there and uh, he pars the first hole, he pars the second hole, he birdies the third hole, he pars the fourth hole, and at the end of four holes, uh, there he is, one on the par, a 20 handicapper. And he starts saying to everybody, I can't believe this. Man, I can't believe this. Here I am, one under par after four. Normally, I am eight, uh, about eight over par at this point, and here I am, one under par. And guess what happens on the very next hole? That's right, a triple bogey. And he plays to his or her handicap. Why? Because he or she sees themselves in that particular life. You change the picture and you will change the performance. Well, Tom, coming off of your dad, Zig Ziglar's message on the power, of course, of setting a goal so that we actually take those action steps. That's how I kind of backed into it with this question. And I wanted to, as we always do, literally hear the personal testimonies from people who experienced it. It happened. And some of them, you know, talked about, as we're going to read here, they'll say, okay, here's what I did. And I had to come back and say, okay, yeah, but what was the catalyst? That I think is really what's going to be interesting for people to hear to say, okay, what is it? Because everybody has hard circumstances. Everybody has excuses. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. We all have little excuses. I, I think uh, so much of my life, I've tried to live with that Superman concept of no excuses. Well, there are really, you know, things really happen. But generally, if we find that motive, that catalyst that's big enough, we will go forward and do X, Y, Z. And so that's what we're going to going to hear. Uh, and I'll just start reading through them if you're ready. Ready. All right. Uh, Steve, Steve Rosen, who comments a lot, he says, I have experienced a significant improvement in my self image. I'm still working on how to put it into perspective and words. It has been that powerful of an experience. I responded and said, Hey, give me more. I want the why. What was your motive? Was there, uh, were there any specific catalysts or resources that you point to that were a big help? He says, It was the realization that only I can truly acknowledge and validate my worth taking 100% responsibility for how I feel about who I am versus asking others to validate me has allowed me to finally accept love and be grateful for who I am and that I'm alive. That term, uh, 100% responsibility, I keep hearing more and more content out there uh, about Tom of radical responsibility, full responsibility, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's, it's countercultural. It, it, right now, I, I mean, it's just countercultural. We are a culture who tends to blame and point. You know that it's just human nature, and I tend to also. I think you have to be uh, inhuman. That's that's a bad word, but you know, you have to be a superhero to not do that and say whatever happened, I am responsible for me. I'm in charge of me. That's what Steve's talking about. You know, it's a that's a giant leap. You know what? Actually, he, he re responded with one more. He said, the catalyst was months of deep soul searching and asking myself hard questions and being willing to see the truth, even if I didn't like it. I totally let go and allowed myself to question my most core beliefs. And it showed me who I really am and who I found was a cool human I'm learning to love. How's that? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, well, hey, Steve, you know, thanks for always contributing to our Ziggler Show podcast. And you know what? This is a big one. Uh, one of the statements that I said just kind of offhand one time in a training a few years ago, I said, you know, there's two kinds of people in the world. 
there are the kind of people that the world happens to, right? Yeah. So everything that happens to them, they're, they're now a reaction. And, and who they are is simply of all the things that have happened to them. And then there's another kind of person, and that's the kind of person who happens to the world. Yeah. In other words, they just say, you know what? Things are always going to happen, but I'm going to take the responsibility to go ahead and do what I know is important, what, you know, what really matters. And I think, you know, Kevin, I think Steve hit on the fundamental thing. Maybe the most fundamental question is, are, do we have value based on what other people say about us? Or do we have value based on what we contribute to the world? Or do we have value just because we are? Mm-hmm. Right. Just because a creator created us that way. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's the way I believe. I believe that my worth, my value is given to me by the creator. Yeah. And so then we have to ask ourselves, what am I doing with that? You know, am I continuing to to listen what I call the lie of the world, which is, hey, you know what? You are only as good as we say you are or do I listen to the, the creator and myself and say, wait a second, you know what? As long as I'm improving and as long as I'm working on my character and my integrity and my values, and I'm seeking to solve problems for other people and serve others, then you know what? I'm on the right path. Yeah. Uh, but maybe that's the first question is where do we get our value from? Because here's the thing. If, if we have no control over our value, right? and the world is going to happen to us what's the point in setting a goal anyway yeah right yeah you're a victim going with the flow you know i will call out just real quick for people to hear because i know that this comes up uh, I mean, you're here. Everybody's here listening. People listen to uh, the Ziggler. This right now as we broadcast on Facebook, the tens of thousands of people who will listen to the podcast. And they're obviously here for self-improvement. That's the category we are, we're in. Personal development, self-improvement. We are trying to grow and to evolve ourselves. And, and so to also say, but am I okay now? There is a tension there or an overlap of saying, and I use these words and you can play with them somewhat. They're semantics, but I tend to think of it in regards to, I need to be content with me. I need to be at peace with me right here, right now, today, even though I'm not satisfied. Now, again, you can play with those words. You can almost flip-flop them, but I'm not satisfied. I mean, I'm not done. And I feel like I have a responsibility continually to the day I die to improve, to grow, to get more out of myself. If you go biblical to to, uh, multiply my talents more, that's never going to change. So I'm always going to be pursuing this. But I have fallen into the trap of doing that and never being okay with who I am today because there's always you know, something to improve, something not great. Uh, so I, however you want to use those words, I use it with contentment and peace with myself, even though I'm not satisfied. You can, you can play with the wording. I think we get the concept. Yeah, you know, and a lot of experts, especially in the area of, of self-care uh, and you know, taking care of ourselves, they'll say, you know what, when you've experienced a trauma, when you're in the middle of a pandemic, when something goes wrong, we get frantic, we get anxious, we start self-condemning. And sometimes we just need to step back and say, you know what? Deep breath. It's okay. Yeah. I'm doing well with everything that's going on. Yeah. Right. And that's where that peace and that contentment is real important, but also 
that understanding, that desire that says, you know what, we're on a journey. And the journey says that I take with what I have right now and I try to move forward. I'm, you know, we're in a furnace. We don't want to stay in the furnace. Yeah. We want to we want to grow through the furnace. And so for me, it's all about growth. It is identifying, okay, who's the person I want to become? What are the things I want to accomplish? And how do I grow towards that? Yep. Yep. Well, so we'll keep going down, reading through here some of the just real issues that people are going through in their lives. Keith here, he says, getting out of a terrible employment situation has benefited him greatly in regards to this self-image. He had no idea, or he said, I had no idea how bad it affected my life. And I asked him, does it have you viewing yourself or how does it have you viewing yourself differently now? He says, I was in a high pressure sales job for a company that became more concerned about sales than anything else. I let them convince me that I was doing an inadequate job. Now I'm working for a family owned business who focuses on selling the right thing to the right person. I make half the money, but being able to be honest has rejuvenated my confidence some, but I still have a huge amount of issues to overcome. Well, don't we all? Uh, there, there's just back to what we were just talking about, the continual progress, but finding a place of peace with, with, with where we are today. And I appreciate that. Yeah, how many people are their work situation not being aligned, if I can say that, Tom, with what they do and who they are, is that's hard on a self-image, bottom line. It is, it is. And here's the, the principle, and the principle is, is that if you get laser focused only on the result, then you can become Machiavellian, right? The ends justify the means. I'm yeah. willing to do anything to get the result. And then that ends up in disaster. And so, so organizations, companies, or individuals, doesn't really matter who say, hey, the, the real test, the real, uh, the way we judge you is the result then they put tons of pressure on people to make decisions that aren't in the best interest of themselves or their family or their yeah. clients or whatever. And so what we teach is we want to emphasize the process and the, and there's different parts of the process and we've got to do each part with integrity. Mm-hmm. Here's a great little learning tip that I got from uh, Jim Cathcart. Mm-hmm. And Jim said this, He said, you know, create in your mind the vision of the future self you want to become. Okay, so what does that person look like? And you might have some role models. You might look up to a Zig Ziglar and say, I want to be like that. That's that's great. And then when you're about to do something, ask yourself, what would my what would my future self, how would they do this task right now? The person that I want to become, imagine you're already that person, and then imagine that person is about to do something. How would they do it? And what that really does is it gets you very centered on principles and values and character and integrity and honoring the process and treating people with respect and dignity and allows you to take satisfaction in that. And when you, you know, dad said this, the number one cause of a low self-esteem or a poor self-image is the lack of unconditional love. Mm. And so what happens when we're in a results-based 
environment, then our love is completely conditional, right? Yeah. Because it's based on the result. But if our respect and everything is for you as a human being as to how you show up, how you treat people, then the love comes because of who you are, not necessarily what you do. Yeah. And that's a whole different thing. So self-image improves not only because we focus on, you know, doing the process correctly, but because a correct process means that we've got to have the qualities that allow it to happen automatically, which means we're now being loved and respected for who we are and not what we do. That's huge. I mean, huge perspective. You know, one thing I'll end with on what Keith put in there where he says now he's doing something that resonates with his heart that he feels more authentic about honest about I'm putting words in his mouth but conceptually that he did say you know now I'm making half the money but being but I'm uh you know more confident things are better that there is I don't want that assumption to always be true that if I do the right thing if I do the best thing I'm going to make less money statistically we know it's exactly the opposite maybe you'll start there but if you are better aligned with what you do, you believe in it more statistically, you'll ultimately make more money. And I hope that's what the, what happens with Keith in his sales career there. Uh, Gregory says, I've been doing a lot of work reconstructing my faith foundation, understanding my anagram number, exploring the effects of life traumas combined with developing physical endurance for ultra marathons, which develops mental endurance so I can be a healthy human being for myself, my family and my friends. So I responded back with that. Okay. Reconstructing your faith. That's intriguing. How and in what way and traumas, are you reframing them? And he says, going way back, he, he went way back in faith history, studying Jewish Hebrew history uh, that set the stage for the grand entrance that separated BC and 80. Now he's, he's talking, you know, back in time, back in our history, long before Anglo-European Western influence on said faith. Going back to the original source essentially was just eye-opening. And he says, hint, Jesus isn't a white guy, uh, which if you go back, you'll realize that's true. But he said he started this reconstruction several months ago, more exploring and revisiting traumas than reframing them, trying to gain understanding of how they impacted and still impact my mind and behaviors. And amongst the traumas, I'm revisiting the positive life effects too, not just the negative ones. I'm halfway through my time here on earth. So I'm digging through this all now and it's better, uh, better later than never. You know, Tom, when we look at personal development, self-improvement, it's a forward thinking approach. We talk about coaching. It's generally a forward thinking approach. And that has been my, my history in the industry and really my belief on where I wanted my focus. And yet it was not till two, uh, is later in life than I wish that had been that I realized I was helped. I was led to the reality that our past does matter and whether that's going back and, you know, digging stuff up, which uses so many negative connotations with that, or just going back and understanding it and saying, gosh, I can see that this happened makes sense. Why I would tend to have these propensities, why I would tend to continue these patterns. And if I want to change, it helps to know those. So just in a healthy way, and I think that's what Gregory's talking about. It's interesting as he talks about going back spiritually or even biblically that I've spent most of 2019 just studying the Old Testament, just to better understand some of the realities and dispel some of the concepts that we tend to have 
in the church. But just the power, again, we're talking about self-image of understanding, okay, if I want to improve it, how did it get to where it is today? is really powerful. How far you want to go in and dig that up is up to you or, or and some people need to more or less. I would just hold it out there and say it, it is powerful and it's hard to adequately, can I say that Tom, improve our self image if we don't have a little understanding of why it is in the place it is to begin with. Yeah, and one of the illustrations that I use in the book Choose to Win uh, is that in order for us to to fully develop, to become the person that I believe God created us to become, we've got to cut the ropes that are holding us down on some of our old beliefs. And that can happen out of a past trauma. That can happen something, you know, that we didn't want happen to us, how we were raised, you know, maybe a broken home or in an environment that wasn't good. And so that impacts us, right? It's, It's literal, it does. And so we can look into the future as much as we want and, and set goals and, and grow and develop. And that's fantastic. But until we change that belief that's holding us back, it's going to be difficult. Uh, and so Gregory, Hey, I'm, you know, I studied Jewish tradition mm-hmm. and I've gone back. Uh, so you're hitting all my hot buttons. I love that. Yeah. And it's very, very interesting to me to see, what a foundational concept this is. Uh, and, you know, how when we, when we get the foundation right, it allows us to build so much better than if the, the foundation is always rickety, right? Yeah. Because, you know, I, I use this, this statement of, of, you know, somebody, I, I said this to a good friend, I said, hey, look, you know what, man, you're fantastic, but you 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 you're such a type a that you just put success and success and success on top of some things that need to be dealt with and every now and then those things pop up and it creates problems in your daily life and that's where we all are Uh, and you know dad said this he said your your past is important because it got you to where you are but it's not as important as the way you see your future. Yes. Right? And yes. so both are very important. And to me, when is your past the most important? When it's limiting something that you can do in your future. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, so there's a lot to be said about the perspective we give that because so little in our experience is true fact. It's how we perceived it, how we sometimes chose to, sometimes we didn't have a, we didn't feel like we have a choice, but we do today. You are listening to The Ziegler Show and this episode discussing catalysts that helped people improve their self-image. Well, next we hear from a guy who went from failure to failure to failure. Literally, you're gonna hear, he went from one thing to another. Finally got to the point of just wanting his kids to see him as the kind of guy who, when he wants something, he goes and makes it happen, and he did. So we're gonna get right back to it after I share some great products and services with you. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to 100 times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. 
No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Tom, this one's a little, little long, but it's just such a great testimony of real life. Uh, Trey Ryder, he says, my self image went from depressed and questioning who I am to knowing I have value and I am someone to help others make a change. I've now set up a Facebook group to help fathers build better bonds with their children, among other projects to help elevate families. And I ask again, what was the catalyst? What woke you up and motivated you to this direction? He says, I was in the military and going through a medical discharge after 14 years of service. At the time I was married with three children. My wife didn't work because we pay more in daycare than what it was worth. She followed me all around the world where I provided for the family and I would find myself massively depressed and drowning myself in everything that didn't matter from social media to my phone, games, etc. Even when I was present with my family, I wasn't present. I would come home from work and not want to go inside because she would be ready to pass the kids off and I had no motivation. How would I when my inner world was worse than my outer world? Everything I know was being flipped upside down. It was because of me. Eventually, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I pushed myself into training, landed a job before leaving the military. I was certified to install solar panels, but due to medical issues, I didn't take that route either. I took the knowledge, brought it into sales. This is where I first started getting into personal development. 
four months into my first civilian job, the company was sold. They did away with all the direct sales positions. I mean, you hear this guy's trajectory. It's, it's, we would look at that and go failure, failure, failure. I found myself scrambling for yet another job. Eventually I realized that unless you change who you are, you won't change what you have. Sounds familiar, Tom. I want to be happy. I wanted my family to be happy. I wanted to be the person that makes my kids look up and say, if you want something, go get it. Motivation will only last so long. Inspiration is what will get you there. Again, the the testimony, uh, I want folks to hear that of somebody who's here saying that they have seen a significant change in their self-image. Most of his story we would look at as negative. He did this, it didn't work. He did this, it didn't work. He's suffering from medical issues, it didn't work. And it finally brought him as enough negativity will either wreck us or bring us to a catalyst of saying, something's gotta change and it's me. I mean, that's the, there's the root of personal development right there, folks. We, I, I can't go any deeper than that one. How about you, Tom? Yeah, it reminds me of the old story, you know, uh, this. This guy was complaining that he'd been divorced five times. And he's like, there are no good women. And I said, the only consistent thing in this is you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, and the, and the reality is, is he was struggling. You know, he wasn't the right kind of person and his picker was broken. Right. So if you're not the right kind of person, you tend to pick the wrong things to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and it's just the human nature. Why? Because, and, and I say this often, we all have a need inside of, we want to be happy. We want to be healthy. We want to be reasonably prosperous. We want to be secure. We want to have family and friends a peace of mind and hope in the future. And when any of those feel threatened, uh, what we do is we seek out the quick fix. Yeah. Right. Which is things that get us addicted, alcohol or drugs, things that give us temporary happiness like Netflix or cheesecake. But all of these things have one thing in common. We keep doing it and the hole gets deeper and deeper. Yeah. And so what we've got to do is we've got to dig in and say, okay, why am I here? What's my purpose? What's what value do I bring? And here's the interesting thing. When we get wrapped up in serving others and solving problems and contributing and trying to figure out how I can be a little bit better in each of my seven areas of life. And this is what we mean by the seven areas of life, the physical, the mental, the spiritual, the family, the financial, the personal, the career. When we start saying, I'm gonna make progress in each one of those areas just a little bit, then it starts to come together. We start having an impact and making a difference. And so unfortunately, the example you just heard is probably everybody's got their own version of that. I, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to read a couple more, Tom. And I really, let me, I'm going to read a couple more. And I want us to talk about just where you were heading. I mean, we have a, we know statistically, yeah. And personal development, self-help and, and people's progress in emotional change, behavior change. We as human beings tend to respond more to pain than desire. And so here we are often holding out a carrot of going, you could do this, you could achieve this. And yet as these people testify, it's often, unfortunately, and again, I'm part of humanity as well, that we tend to respond when things get so bad, which is terrible because things got really bad. Uh, We don't tend to be, I I struggle. It's not, it's, it's, it's a little, the word has baggage, but in a sense, mature enough, we want to grow to a point to where we grow because of desire 
not because things got really bad. So let me let me pull out a couple stories and then if, if let's comment on that, Tom. Thomas Zelensky just quickly here says the catalyst for me was a near death experience twice with blood clots in my legs and lungs. Now he's pursuing triathlons and eating better. Uh, but Evan, Evan, this is um, this is kind of like Trey's a minute ago. He says, I went from $15,000 in debt for student loans and cars and medical bills last year, last year, to no debt other than our home. We have a health savings account. Uh, when last year we were close to losing everything. I stopped drinking soda after being addicted to it for 29 years. Uh, I have lost 30 pounds this year. We had only one car, bought our second one now in cash. I'm doing better in my marriage and business than ever before. And 2020 has been one of the best years of my life. He's saying 2020, we're only, what, six months into it. Uh, I've accomplished the life goal of starting a podcast and getting top shelf guests. So he says, what was the catalyst? It was desire, the desire for personal growth and well-being as a whole person. It wasn't until this year that the message really sunk in because I got to talk to so many amazing individuals on my podcast that have done well in areas that I desire to grow in. So basically, I surrounded myself with the people and teachings that I most want to be like. I became accountable to the audience to grow because the show is about personal growth. Again, 2019 was one of the worst years of my life. We had seven financial disasters happen in my family that would have ended most people in bankruptcy. I had a knee injury that put me out of work for about four months from being, and I couldn't get around. I had an emergency appendectomy. My wife had a miscarriage. We had to go to the ER twice while my son had to go to the ER once and I had to go once as well. We had zero in savings. Our marriage was always stressed. Life in our situation felt hopeless. There was another catalyst to this change. God asked me to do something specific and I did it. And then I started seeing everything change. I will, I, he said, I'd love to share that, but it's a longer story. But I mean, do you hear this, that that is so often things get so bad, which is why to some degree, Tom, you know, you, your, your dad, Zig talks about the stat of how many of our world leaders came from hard circumstances it's because you know bad things happen and they became let's just say stronger yet for every one of them how many people like evan all these bad things happen and they never recovered and we know people like that i don't think we have many people like that listening to the show but we may have some people who are fighting and on the edge of i am in a terrible place and there's the opportunity to let it overcome them and they'll be beaten down the rest of their lives. And we know so many people or be the rarity. And I think if you're listening to the show, you probably are the rarity to say, okay, what can I learn from that? What strength can I get? What just flat motivation and inspiration can I derive from that to make a catalyst now and change my actions, change my behaviors and be able to showcase a story like Evan has in a year's time of it's the rags to riches. Well, it reminds me of my uh, scripture, my life verse. It's James 1, 2, and 3, which is, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing the testing of your faith produces endurance. Yep. And boy, is that a hard one when you're in the middle of trials, right? When you literally have to sit back and say, okay, this is making me stronger. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna rejoice. I don't know why I'm going through it, but it's obviously to make me stronger. One of the things that's very powerful about the story we just heard of, that, of, of the last year is, here's a quote, this is one of my quotes, what you feed your mind determines your appetite. And so what literally happened is he surrounded himself through the podcast and through interviews with people who were experts and successful in their field 
And his mind started thinking, I want more of that. I want more of that. And his appetite started to focus on what can I learn that will take me closer to my objective? And when your mind starts thinking that way, automatically, that's where no matter what happens to you, you're able to sort it out and use that as a platform for growth. If all of our input is anti-social media (laughs) and, and the news and woe is me, then our mind uses that as an anchor to keep us from going anywhere. And so that's, this is the number one lesson. So if, if you want to, if you want to change your self image, the number one lesson that I learned from my father, Zig Ziglar was this, you got to change your input. You got to change what you listen to, who you associate with or what you read, what, you know, the things that are on the TV, uh, the friends that you have, you've got to change that input to make it input that grows you and allows you to become the person that God created you to become. I want to come right back to that, just changing the input. Here's a real life story. Uh, ben Killoy says, I had to go on a journey to love the person in the mirror on the inside and the outside. My catalyst was the, and he has the, the hashtag 75 hard. And I just wrapped up day 75 on Sunday. I'll come right back to that. He said, I committed when COVID hit to be a better, more capable, capable person on the other side of it. And the 70 day challenge was my vehicle. Well, I had to look it up, Tom. I don't know about it. And there are so many great things out there. Uh, But I said, what is the 75 day challenge? And for 75 days, it was this, a little list. Drink at least a gallon of water a day. Follow some sort of diet. Can be anything. Two times daily workout for at least 45 minutes each. One of which needs to be on the outside no alcohol, a daily progress photo. And the last one, read at least 10 pages of a business or personal development book daily. Uh, and it, for some reason it says audible does not count, which would take out our podcast, uh, apparently, but uh, at least he, obviously he's still listening to us because he, I guess you can do that in addition, but it's read 10 pages of a business or personal development book. So back to what you just talked about surrounding yourself daily. It was Jim Rohn, right? Who said, we are the sum of the five people we hang around most. Now we think about that so often in face to face, but back to just your input to think about, let's just, let's focus on Jim Rohn, five people. I mean, we have the opportunity every day to surround ourselves with Zig Ziglar, who is not present here on this earth anymore. And, and lots of great people, uh, who we can surround ourselves with. We have the opportunity in this day and age to surround ourselves with people through books, podcasts, videos, whatever. And that will change, as, as Tom said, change that uh, internal everything. Now, we also, the value of going and doing it face to face, it's kind of interesting where, you, where it says, read at least 10 pages of a personal business development book, not audible. They want hands on. I mean, there are some things relevant to just the kinetic experience of hands on paper. Well, likewise, there is to face to face somebody who you can sit down with And I know more and more people do not have those type of people in their lives. They do not work with those types of people. They don't have those kind of people living in their home. Maybe they're single and and don't, you know, don't live with someone else or or whatever. And it's a proactive uh, uh, require, not require, but opportunity to go out and find somebody. And I'll just say, I think the biggest thing is you'll be amazed if you go ask somebody to invest a little bit in you, to give you 15 minutes of their time 
and just get some input, call it mentoring, you'll be amazed at how many people are never asked. A lot of times if they're doing well, everybody thinks that they're in demand and so nobody asks them. Just to ask for their time, ask for their input, say, you've got something I want, will you tell me? And you'd be amazed. And to have that face-to-face is, it's dramatic. Absolutely. So I've got a challenge for everybody on the podcast listening to this. Uh, I love that. Read 10 pages a day of a business book or a personal development book. And so we'll call this uh, supercharge. Okay. So if, if you like that idea and you want to supercharge it, this is the challenge. And I would love to see this show up in a comment uh, on one of Kevin's posts. We'll talk about it on an upcoming podcast. But what I would like for you to do is for an entire book. So you get a 250 page book, it's 25 days, read 10 pages a day. You can read more if you want, but at least 10 pages a day. And as you go through it, I want you to be thinking about somebody in your family that you love, Hmm. your spouse, your your daughter, your son, you know, your dad, a family member. And when you read a personal development book and there's a thought in there and you underline and you think that's a good thought, I just want you to have your family member's name in mind and write a little note in the margin of that book to that family member. So Kevin, we're brothers, right? So I I would write, Kevin, wow, this quality is you, Hmm. okay? And then this is the cool part. So this is what makes the challenge supercharged. Not only will it build your self-esteem, but it will build the self-image of those you love. Take a picture of it, that underline that says, Kevin, this is you. And then just take a little picture of it and text it to that family member. That's awesome. Do that once a day and see what happens to your life. That's how, you know, when people say, well, what really set Zig Ziglar apart? It was his motive. It was his motive. When he sat down every day to read and study and reflect and, and, and get into it, he was doing it so that he could learn something new, internalize, and then share with someone else for their benefit. When you start reading books for the dual benefit of becoming a better person and to impact someone else in a positive way, that's when everything changes. So I'm going to take that. We read just a minute ago, a long testimony from Trey Ryder. And the last thing that he said, he says, I wanted to be the person that, that my kids look up to and say, if you want something, go get it. He wanted to, uh, just as you said, he wanted to share that. Uh, Joe Pellerito, he says, I've always heard thoughts equal attitudes, attitudes equal actions. In my case, for self-image, it may have gone actions equal attitudes equal thoughts. The catalyst, it was an irregular heartbeat and being overweight and occasional sickness and injuries. I also, the idea that I need to, here it is, Tom, this is why I read it now. I need to live an inspired life if I'm to bring out the best in others. There's his motive, just as you talked about with Zig. So the outcome equals fitness in my 40s, a better attitude, joy in serving others, continually raising the bar to do better, and more self-confidence. I I love that challenge, Tom, and I think I want to adopt that. It is something that's in my mind, but I'm not 
intentionally doing that necessarily. But yes, yeah, so much of my motive, and, and maybe it's a, yeah, it's a, it, it, it's a little more um, acute with so many kids that I have that I'm thinking, man, am I going to be there to take care of them and to impart to them and to inspire them and to help them in my as as I age, or am I going to be a burden to them? And yeah, what can I? What influence? It's really dawning to me, Tom, the influence, just to talk about kids, the influence that we have on our kids, whether we want to or not, how much of the programming happens just by proxy, just by osmosis of being with them. And if I am not training my mind and having the right spirit, it does impact them. It can't not. That's one of the biggest motives that I know. Yeah, absolutely. And the statement that I make often is we're all going to leave a legacy. The question is, is it by design or by chance? Hmm. And what a powerful choice it is to leave a legacy by design. Okay, I got I got two more that follow each other. Amy Van Slambrook, and she is a personal development coach, uh, maybe a therapist, too. She says, where do I begin? 20 years ago, I nearly died from an eating disorder. But somehow, and she has in quotes, God decided I decided to live when I got on the scale and saw I weighed what I did when I was nine which was the catalyst for me going on a journey over the next 20 years of healing multiple complex traumas, getting out of a toxic narcissistic relationship, leaving my 20 year old corporate career and building a six figure private practice and taking my business to a whole new level this year to reach a national level. Um, Ultimately, it was all about seeing me and my vision as God created me to be and not the messages of my past that were about shame, perfectionism, never being enough, being too much, et cetera. Uh, it's definitely a Cliff Notes version. My trauma truly is my greatest gift now because it gave me the God's view of me and his vision for me to carry out on earth. Uh, and that required a self-image that comes from seeing things through his eyes and not my own. Okay, there's a lot right there, Tom. Real quick, I just wanted to follow it. This is somebody who actually private messaged me on Facebook to the question so they could remain anonymous. And she says, hi, I wanted to respond to the post, but wanted to be anonymous. That's okay. I used to suffer from an eating disorder and body dysmorphia. It completely controlled my life and everything that I did. My thoughts and actions revolved completely around food and weight loss. I saw a counselor, but didn't find any help whatsoever. I started watching YouTube videos of people who were in recovery and listening to their stories. And this made me feel so much better. I started saying only positive things to myself, like I look beautiful today. I love my body. All that stuff uh, can make you feel kind of silly saying it out loud at first, but it obviously worked. So there's a lot in those, Tom, to comment too, but two ladies, I wanted to pull that out on just talk about self-image. One of the most acute, to use that word again, areas is our body image as well. And that can go so far into our, our internal image for many reasons. There's again, there's a big rabbit hole to go down there, but significant testimonies there. Yeah, it is. And it's a huge deal. In fact, somebody told me at one point that the vast majority of bullying that happens in school is around body image. Hmm. It's a, it's around, you know, kids go through the awkward stage and, you know, in the United States, there's kind of that Ken and Barbie model of, Hey, this is the way you should look like. And you know what? Less than 5% of people look like that. Yep. And for whatever reason, you know, that's a target. And until we can look in the mirror and be and, and feel good about what we see, it's very, very difficult. And so what we, yeah. you know, the, the, the self-talk that we have 
is so important. And for me, you know, it's, it, it comes down to what, you know, God created me this way. And so my role is to step into that and say, okay, this is the way God, how can I become the best version of me? How can I become the person God created me to become? Yeah. And it starts with the, with the story we tell ourselves because that story then determines what we think and what we do. And we know that if we're not thinking right, we're not going to do right. So we got to have the right thinking. Uh, we got some upcoming shows that are going to talk more about trauma. And that word, I like to hold it captive a little bit. It has, it has such deep baggage. We hear trauma and it sounds really tragic. There's people out there dealing with trauma that, that may not list on the tragic you know, area. Maybe the trauma of I had great parents who expected so much of me that I became just so performance driven. I about killed myself. Okay. That may not be sound tragic, but it's still a trauma in essence, something that happened that caused a, or was a catalyst for a negative outcome. So take that word lightly. Uh, there's so much into just, again, understanding our past, but like Tom said, and not letting that dictate our future. So we've hit on, you know, things like money and we'll, you know, continue. Uh, there's, there's so many on money and work. We just did body image. Here's one, again, a very big issue with self image on, and it's addiction. Sean Langlo, he says 12, the 12 steps of AA is what helped him by far and without a doubt, the greatest catalyst in my life, not only for self esteem, but for compassion, love, forgiveness of myself and others, kindness, understanding, and confidence. The key for me was coming to believe in a power greater than myself that I call God. Faith with effort changed my life. I'm 33 years sober. I'm home. I have a home, a car, kids, wife, and most of all, a humble confidence and positive self-image as a result of it all. You know, Tom, him talking about that, a greater, believing in something greater. When we look at the most influential leaders in the world, the people that we follow, the people whose books we read, the people whose podcasts we listen to, who we go to see on stage, whose books we buy, all those. Well, we've been having them on the show for past five years. We've had the biggest and the best uh, on the show. And I'm very aware, without having to preach, uh, pun intended, that very few of them, I actually, I don't know that we've had any of them on the show. Now, somebody could say that I filter for people who are more faith-based. That would be true. That's part of Ziegler. But I'm really going out there and trying to find the best of the best in personal development, the top selling books, and bring those people to the show. And not all of them are of the Christian belief and faith that you and I share, Tom, and that Zig Ziglar uh, did as well. They're not. But I don't know that there were any that said, I don't believe in anything bigger than myself. Even if it was just a collective humanity aspect of feeling like I am here to serve the collective good uh, of humanity. They believed in something bigger than their own little lives. It, obviously, why would they have a stage if they didn't? But man, without that, it, it's very daunting to, to consider that. If I think it's just about me, very difficult, I think, to really expand much on the self-image. Yeah. And uh, I think the word narcissist was brought up earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, <laughs> so, you're right. You're right. That's, that's ultimately where you end up. 
Hey, here's a couple neat, uh, shameless self-promotion Zig references or testimonials. Ron Valenzuela, or Valencia. He says, I was a broke musician. Uh, I was married. I had no plan for the future and nothing saved. I was at, a, at the bottom when a friend gave me a Zig Ziglar cassette. So we know how old this guy is. Uh, then I was given a ticket to a Zig conference. Uh, I attended a Zig conference in Maryland in 1990-91. Uh, I loyally used the self-affirmation card. That was huge. He has exclamation point, exclamation point. Uh, this all motivated, go back, motivated me to go back to school and finish my college degree. One thing led to another. I owe a lot to Zig and his changing the picture cassettes. Tom, do you know offhand right, right now, obviously we don't have cassette tapes, uh, but at Ziggler.com at the online store, changing the picture, would that be in the um, blueprint for success stuff? That's in the how to stay motivated series, hmm. which is our best selling series of all time and okay. changing the picture. And that's based off of a quote. Uh, it's, it's impossible to consistently act in a manner that's inconsistent with the way you see yourself. Yeah. And so that's why the self-talk is so important. That's, that's why the right input is so important because you've got to change the way you see yourself so that you then act in according with the way you want to act. If you don't change the way you see yourself, you can, you can go through the motions of doing different behavior, but you always fall back into the pattern of how do I really see myself? Yeah. Well, hey, he mentions Zig's self-talk cards, the affirmation cards, which is is well known around Ziggler. And Tom, I don't even know. It was somewhere back in the 300s. So this is maybe the first year that we started doing the podcast together. So somewhere 320s, 340s, maybe we did a show on the self-talk cards and you can get them, folks, today. If you go to Ziggler.com slash self-talk. S-E-L-F-T-A-L-K, Ziggler.com slash self-talk. You can download the cards right there. I think there's a faith-based version and a regular version, and there's blanks. You can make your own. But that is one of those. It's, you know, affirmations has been uh, upheld and ridiculed dramatically because it can sound goofy to look in the mirror and say those things. But, but say your statement again about consistent and inconsistent. Say, say, say the line one more time. Yeah, it is impossible to consistently act in a manner that is inconsistent with the way you see yourself. Yeah. And to speak those words of affirmation, uh, I, I like to even think about it as self-prophecy because I may be saying things that I'm not yet, but they are the things that I am going to strive to be. I can start seeing myself. It's so, so incredibly powerful. Um, I wanted to follow it. Jason Gary, he says, uh, since I stopped seeing myself as a victim, defined by my circumstances, hurts, and station in life, things have been steadily turning around. I've also been getting more glimpses of how Jesus sees me and how transformative his love and grace truly are. If he places such a high value on me and was willing to suffer so greatly for me, how can I respond with anything less than helping others to see their own value? So I took a huge step by signing up for Ziggler's Choose to Win coaching program. The first session is tomorrow, which he posted this in the past it's couple tonight. Of, it's tonight. There you go. Uh, which, I'm going to see you tonight on that call. Okay. Uh, which, of course, people listening, well, people are listening on Facebook right now. So you can be a part of that now, folks, if you're listening on the podcast later. 
you can still get involved. I've been promoting that on the show. Uh, you go to ZigglerShow.com slash CTW, as in choose to win. And this is, this is one of your primary focal points right now is the choose to win coaching program, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and simply what it is, is we, uh, we work with individuals who want to make a difference in the lives of other people. And, you know, talking about the 12 step program that the person mentioned earlier, the 12th step, I believe, or is is the one where you reach out and you help someone else on the journey. And somebody told me that you will never find somebody who has remained sober for a long period of time unless they actually practice that last step of helping someone else. Yeah. Right? It's an amazing thing. When we when we overcome something like the the verification and validation that we've actually really overcome it is when we reach out and help others kind of tread the, the similar ground. Yeah. Right. And that's what the choose to win coaching is about. So we certify coaches to do that. And you can find out more about that as well. There's one other thing that just popped into my head. And that is that how we handle a setback, a trauma, uh, especially when we're old enough to, to realize, hey, this isn't right and it's happening anyway, okay? When we're, when we're little kids and things happen to us, we don't really have the, the, you know, the, the mental ability to, to kind of sort it all out. But, uh, I, you know, uh, Matthew Goggins is, a, is pretty popular right now and, and just an amazing story. Uh, but he's overcome unbelievable physical David. injuries. David Goggins. David Goggins. Yeah. yeah, David Goggins. So there's a Matthew Goggins out there, but it's not you. It's David <laughs> Goggins. Uh, and, I, I, you know, I was trying to get kind of inside his head, and I literally think this is what he thinks. And I don't know if it's true or not, but when something happened, when he, when he writes and he talks about when something happened to him, it's almost like his automatic response was, oh, this is going to be epic. Right. It was never, oh, this is a disaster. I might as well give up. It was like, well, nobody's ever finished this race with two broken feet. Yeah. This is going to be epic. And you see there, that's an amazing choice. So we don't have the choice of bad things happening to us. They happen intentionally and unintentionally, you know, just the way the world is. I mean, you can, you can walk out in the backyard, trip, break your ankle, and miss the vacation, you know, and all of a sudden your life spirals into something, right? Yeah. But how we respond or react to that, that's totally a choice. And one of the reasons that maintaining our self-image is so important is because the more we maintain our self-image, the more likely the choice we make is a good one. Yeah. Right? And so now when things happen, when you miss a sale, when the, when the setback happens, when you get told no, just just say to yourself, oh, this is going to be epic, right? Because you're going to do it anyway. Yep. You're going you're gonna to find a path that ends up being better than you could have imagined anyway. So you talking about that, about how we view the occurrences in our lives. I have been calling this out multiple times. I'm going to do it again. Uh, Guy Kawasaki, I've had him on the show a couple of times, but recently it was show 711. 
And we talked about, he wrote a book called Wise Guy. Nice pun uh, on that. But Guy Kawasaki, he wrote the book Wise Guy. And it is a memoir of sorts, but it's going along and saying, hey, here's what happened in my life. And then he ends it and says, and here's the lesson I learned. It was convicting to me, Tom, because I, I, I'm a positive guy. I put a good spin on things. I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, negatively oriented, but... Have I looked at all the occurrences in my life and in essence seen what lesson can I learn? Did I learn one? Should I have learned one and just caused me to go back? It wasn't long after or it was somewhere around there where I also had Dave Meltzer, uh, M-E-L-T-Z-E-R. I had him on the show. I didn't pull up to see what episode it was, but he talked about a similar thing, the lessons in life. And he says, if we keep having reoccurring things happening in our lives, like negative things, especially we haven't learned the lesson. And that stuck with me as well too. And it really got me to uh, be motivated to, to do something I have not done, but to take some time. I mean, take a day or more and just kind of go back through some of the occurrences in my life and maybe focus, maybe be aware of some of the negative things that happened in my life and go, gosh, what lesson did I learn? And if I don't readily have one, go, what lessons should I have learned? Maybe I should have. So I just gave Guy's book, Wise Guy, uh, to my son Caleb, who you know, uh, who you know, and you know, Caleb's had a long uh, history of medical issues. So many things. I mean, he grew up in the hospital to some degrees. So many things that happened to him. He was a victim. I mean, just pure and simple. He really was. And yet, he realizes that it's his choice now to take those things and let that strengthen him and propel him and support him and uplift him, or take those things and be a victim the rest of his life. So he's very cognizant of that even as he's looking at, okay, how do I do that? And I, I just encouraged him to maybe read a little bit of guy's book and in the same light, go back and say, okay, at age this, this happened to me and this happened to me next. What can I, what did I learn from him? What can I learn from him? I think it's a neat exercise for all of us. And also an exercise to go back to what you said in regards to uh, Dave Goggins, uh, to look at the things, to start having that response as Zig often talked that I don't just react to the negative thing. I think, well, doggone it. But I respond and go, okay, what, what does this make possible? What can I learn from this? I may still not want to have it. This isn't Pollyanna stuff, but what can I learn? And it is so much about how we decide to frame it. Cause I'm just always enamored with that, Tom, how little absolute truth is in our realities that we perceive. It's just what we agree to attribute to them. Yep. Absolutely. You know, it's a, it ultimately it's a choice. Yeah. And for a lot of people, it's difficult to get started. Yeah. And that's why I love the idea of start small, you know, just get some good stuff to read, do it five or 10 minutes a day, work on one thing, and then just let that grow into your life. Uh, but here's the, here's the reality, you know, doing nothing, or continuing on the same trajectory and path you've been on, that's not gonna work, right? So we've gotta to get to that next level of what can we do that's gonna take us to that to that position we wanna be in. Yeah, yeah, That just that, I, I want people to hear that we believe what we believe because we really think it's truth. This happened and we then recite, this is what happened and we recite what, what we think happened, but how we perceived it, and we could go do a whole show on perception and perception between one person and another, totally different 
and we choose that truth. So going back again, we've talked about that a lot. Hey, I want to, I want to end on one, one comment here. And I also want to point out that folks, this just hearing these testimonies, uh, it's a great show. Of course, I'm, I'm stoked for you to share the show. The more people listen to it, that's great for us, but it's a great one to let people listen to just to hear the testimonials of real people. And we're not through half of them. Uh, there were so many and so long. And if you want to find them and read through them and, and feel free to comment with people, although there's a lot of comments amongst the folks there. Uh, it's actually at my personal Facebook page, which is agent K Miller, uh, agent K as in Kevin, agent K Miller. And this was posted, uh, June 12th, 2020. So if you go to find my page, June 12th, you can read through uh, more of these. If you heard some that you resonate with and want to connect with people, you can do that with, uh, there, with them there as well. Uh, but here's one. It's one line, Tom, and I want, want you, to com- you and I to comment on it. John Skipworth Jr. He says, I am still trying to find the catalyst while dealing with health issues. I want people to hear that. that here's a guy he posted on there and he doesn't have some great story yet. He's right there at the beginning. I am in bad health issues. I don't have the catalyst. We go back to what you said, Tom. He does not have the motive currently that's big enough to make him go. He hasn't hit the bottom or his desire's not big enough. And there he sits and he knows it. And that that is so common amongst amazing people. To some degree, it's, it's, it's relevant with all of us. Tom, there's always something in my life that I'm looking at and going, yeah, that's not really where it could be or where it should be. Um, have some ideas on what to do. And I'm just, I'm not there. I'm not motivated enough yet. That's humanity. So I want him to feel the compassion for humanity, but to say, there we are. And we're looking for that catalyst. What's it going to be? And just to know sometimes that it's not that you're not strong enough. It's not that you don't have enough willpower. It's not that you don't have enough discipline right now. Your motive, you don't want it enough for some reason. And that's where a lot of us are until Tom, the catalyst. Yeah, and I'm going to quote uh, Andy Andrews on this. And we were doing a we were doing a webinar years ago, and and the person uh, came through and asked a question, and they said, "I don't know if my life has purpose," hmm. which is another way of asking that. You know, I haven't found the catalyst. I don't know if my life has purpose. And this is what I believe. This is what Andy said. Andy said, "Look, if you're still breathing." That means that you have not fulfilled your life's purpose. Hmm. So there's something out there that you are meant to fulfill. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Now, you may not know exactly what that is, right? You might have to go and discover that. But this is what we do know, that in order to fulfill whatever that purpose is, if your health is better then you have a better chance of fulfilling it. And so, you know, I talk to people, you know, we talk, we talk about how do, how do we become uh, balanced success? Well, health is a big part of it. Yeah. But you know what? None of us are capable of having perfect health. True. Right. But all of us, you know, can do something that will improve our health, whatever our health is. And so I'm a big believer is what's the something you're going to do. And so you might have just a two thought here. What can I do to improve my health? That's going to give me, you know, more energy, more clarity, more independence, whatever your situation is. I don't know. And then what's my purpose. 
what is it that I was put here to do? And when you go on that journey and you ask the creator that question, just wait because the answer is going to come. Yep. It's a great place to end right there. Good anchoring statement. Tom, as always, man, it's a gift to do these with you. I think I learned more than anyone. Thanks, brother. Thank you, brother. Friends, I really hope you got as much out of the show as I did. To me, again, it's just so inspiring to hear real life stories of people who have made change and hear why. Because we end up relating at some point and it increases our belief that we too can actually change and continue to grow. Coming up in episode 797, I've got a show that will be one of the more empowering or frustrating messages you've ever heard. It offers freedom at the price of accountability to yourself. So Ben Hardy, Dr. Ben Hardy, was my guest two years ago in episode 552, where we discussed his incredible book, Willpower Doesn't Work. I gave copies to all my family members. Well, his book has just come out, a new book titled Personality Isn't Permanent, and he takes on the personality profile perspective and market. And I'm only going to give you this. Is your personality and who you are set in stone, or is whatever it is mostly from training, training that can be retrained. It's a big, big topic. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Till then, folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.